You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hello everybody! Welcome back. It's time to talk about the best 20 releases of January 2022, plus a ton of honorable mentions. So again, as I repeat every month, if your fave didn't make the top 20 and you're like, what the heck, Hope, what are you doing? First of all, there are only so many spots. I listen to literally hundreds of releases per month, so it is what it is. Not everyone stands out amid the sea of new releases in the worlds of C-pop, J-pop, and K-pop combined. Two, Don't get too disappointed because they're probably in the honorable mentions portion of the show. So stay tuned for that. Also catch links to the music videos and songs I talk about today on the links that will be a part of the newsletter for free subscribers too. If you're not subscribed already, you can do so at atastand.substack.com. Without further ado, let's start the countdown best new music of January with number 20. Tokyo Girls Style with their new two-track EP, roughly translates to A City Without You Alone. And it's Japanese name, I'm very sorry. I really try to pronounce these correctly. I believe it's Days Kimidake ga Iamachi. It's A City Without You, but it's a much more uplifting EP than it sounds. It's very brassy, got these really just brassy high-energy choruses, mixed with slower, softer, jazzy, piano-focused verses. The second song on this EP is a bit more lively and adds some echoes, some bird sounds, some just unexpected sound effect details. They're just very busy songs that kept my interest, and this group I think is a quite underrated J-pop act. Number 19, Justin with Star Expedition. This is a song from a C-pop artist, and it's an OST for a game that is just way exceeding the assignment. Really excellent production, real nice build-up, the drama, the cinema of it all. It's kind of a rock ballad. It's got this confident message about risking everything for your dreams, for your partner, figuring out what's important in life, and knowing what costs are worth it to pursue no matter what. It's just literally and metaphorically the perfect soundtrack for his character's journey in life. Number 18. Official Hidge Dandism with the new single, Anarchy. This rock group really checks off every box to making this song a full story, an intro, rising action, climaxes, unexpected plot twists and turns, then the falling action and a conclusion that is nice and drawn out as the ending credits would theoretically roll. It starts out with this kind of intercom voice, old school guitars, this underlying bass the whole time is really cool. At times, his voice kind of lingers while the instruments pull back in unexpected places. The instruments and voices kind of push and pull in an interesting way. And it takes its time powering down at the end with drawn-out guitar playing, the sound of mic feedback. It's really start-to-finish an event. Number 17. Bam with B. Bam Bam's new mini-album goes back to the adorable aesthetics in Pastel Wonderland of the Ribbon video, with light pink and yellow outfits on the dancers as he stands in front of them, dancing in a peach-colored suit, 
pastel rooms in a giant house, pastel skies, lots to look at. And he's just having the time of his life, flying through the air, floating on a hammock in the sky. There are other quirky style elements in terms of the production of this video too. Interesting moments where the edges of the screen look kind of blurred, like the camera is kind of getting in and out of focus, the camera spins around a lot. In some moments you see clones of Bam Bam. Things are not what they seem, which is why I say Wonderland-esque. There's this kind of rap R&B-esque intro called Satellites that contrasts interestingly to the two songs that follow it. His voice really goes in a surprising direction on Let Me Love You. It's practically unrecognizable. And after a mid to low tempo lull in some songs, Ride or Die brings the energy back up. So an interesting ebb and flow in this release. Pink Sweats actually helped produce Slow Mo, the new single, and it shows, and that's a good thing. Number 16. We in with her new mini album, We. This visually is truly just mesmerizing. The track videos that accompany each song, the music video for the main single, Make Me Happy, wallpaper inspo galore, pastel dress inspo galore, floral arrangement inspo galore, butterflies, pink skies, all white rooms with the exception of the pink sky, really cool uses of color. Paraglide is cool too. She has this red lipstick that matches the parachute and everything else is just flowers and greenery in her white outfit. Really just quite a rainbow, fittingly considering her last release was called Watercolor. And I think if you're not into her slower songs with just her angelic voice, if that's not enough for you, if her vibe's not for you, not only should you still check out the visuals, but her interlude deserve astounding vocals for any taste. Fun fact, Make Me Happy was written by Ravi, her label boss. That's nice to know that through her work under this new company, she's getting support so much from the CEO. So much investment in her career. Number 15. The new girl group Kepler with First Impact. After several delays in debut date due to COVID and stuff, Kepler has finally debuted. This is the group that was formed on Girls Planet 999, which took three from China, three from Japan, and three contestants from Korea to form this nine-member group. Their first EP, First Impact, really does leave a big impact. It has a mix of new and old songs, three brand new, and three that are from Girls Planet 999 days. And taken together, they blend some house influences with more bubblegum pop and EDM. Nice sonic variety here. Mask is really notable, M-V-S-K, not just for that spelling, but it follows an unconventional format, has this weird start and stop pattern, but I kind of dig it. And the video is memorable, combining this supernatural powers concept where the girls pop in and out of places and then zap from room to room in the intergalactic starry sky scenes that serve as transitions. So lots to take in sonically and visually from this debut. One more notable thing about it, Yessa said she loved to do the Wadada challenge, the TikTok dance challenge, with Soon Guan from Seventeen. Yes, yes, yes. Let's make this happen. Number 14. Girls Squared with the new and old album, combining singles old and new, We Are Girls Squared. Like I said on the show last month for a Best of December roundup, their music is very Fromis 9-esque and just very good for K-pop girl group fans to give a try. Definitely J-pop, K-pop fan crossover potential with these girls. 
Lots of bouncy pop songs. Some guitar thrown in there. Synths. They keep their sound varied but still pop. All different subgenres of pop are thrown together here and there. Party Time is especially. This song I think would make waves among K-pop fans if only they'd heard it. Like if there were J-pop songs on K-pop music shows, I honestly think Party Time could get a win. The album as a whole alternates between two main vibes. One is songs that give off this triumphant, satisfied feel of the end of a movie with a happy ending. The other are songs just about throwing a party and celebrating that moment. They do a nice back and forth, alternate between those vibes, but overall on the whole, just a great energy boost of an album. Number 13. Pentagon with Invite You. If you don't care for the rad title track, feeling like, first of all, what the heck, Second of all, way to just disregard their process. They actually chose it through a blind test of over 500 title track options. And third, at least go watch the video. Like the song or not, that video is a pretty video set in an art museum. So there's lots to look at. Vite means fast in Korean, which is part of the reason for the grammar. The album title is in colon Vite, and they separate the Vite for that reason, the double meaning. And the album as a whole is an invite into Pentagon's universe, exploring love and relationships from different angles. So it has that overarching theme, but each song is distinct from the others too. Nice mix of consistency and variety. And I love that they continue in this rock influence direction that they started with Do or Not and the Lover Take album. I really think it suits them. One Shot is really great for that rock vibe and for fans of Do or Not. Fans of Block B, especially the subunit, will love the song The Game. I think the perfect song for summarizing their teamwork, their synergy, is Call My Name, where they each kind of give each other moments. They each kind of respond to each other and play off of each other, add backup vocals or ad-libs. They complement each other's moments in the spotlight throughout the song. Lastly, the song Bad proves further why. Pentagon has a lot of tricks up their sleeve. Bad is a guitar-based song, and it's kind of slow. Not what you'd expect from a song called Bad. It's one of the more low-tempo songs on the album. They definitely keep things unpredictable. Number 12. Woo Ah with the new single Catch the Stars. Full disclosure, my interview with them is on the site now, but I genuinely do like this song. It's adorable, TikTok ready dance, the cute preppy looks, the plaid skirts, the varsity jackets, and it's truly just an adorable video. They pack in three main settings to the video one where they're just playing, goofing off, running around, and dancing in this field outside the school. So, that high teen concept they master. Then they have scenes where they are on this trip to outer space for no apparent reason other than to have a good time. And then there are scenes where one of them is in this room stacked with VHS tapes and gets quite tangled up in them, messes them up. One of the VHS tapes actually, she does play and you see on the TV screen a spoof of E.T. where in the girl's bike basket traveling through the sky, riding her bike in front of the moon. The bike basket has a cat in it, not an alien. It's just a very cute, funny, wholesome video. Number 11. The new girl group HIGHKEY with their debut Athletic Girl. This song, first of all, is just such a bop. Pop music enthusiasts rejoice, it is wonderful. Just a classic, perfect pop song in every way. But this group also really caught my attention because the video is really cool. They just look like the ultimate cool girls, like the popular girls at school everyone wants to be around. 
this cool rhinestone makeup look with their athletic looks, posing, showing off their flexibility, as the song would suggest they would. Even just the silhouettes they pose in at the start and end of the video. For some reason, everything about them I find super cool. It's refreshing because not just visually it's something new, but concept-wise it's a nice empowering spin on a workout song. Obviously, I love Work B-Word by Britney Spears and those types of songs, but also the songs that are not even like a pep talk you have to give yourself, but the totally unnecessary pep talk. Like, this song is refreshing because it's just saying I don't need a pep talk. I don't need to get my head in the game. My head's been in the game. I don't need to get in shape. I look awesome. I don't need a coach. I don't need someone to help guide me through this workout. I already know what I'm doing. The lyrics are just a nice, empowering, unexpected, confidence-boosting message for a song called Athletic Girl that could easily be about just shaming yourself with lyrics like, I'm creating it and it's not in vain. I can do it by myself. Don't be concerned about me. I don't care about other people staring. I'm not interested in being rated. Really great message. Number 10. May May featuring Miyavi, Strangers. I really think she's one to watch. She's got a very interesting presence. The fashion on its own is already eye-catching, and then you add the cinematic aspects of the video, like the backgrounds, the staircase. She dramatically stares up at all the puffs of smoke, like an explosion went off, flames. It's very dramatic. Then, of course, you have Miyavi with his iconic guitar-shredding bridge of sorts. It's a really good rock song that has a slow build, but once it gets to the climax, it stays there for a long time. Really, really, really cool outfit, too. The dress is very much like this warrior princess ensemble that looks like it's straight out of a TV show or movie. She's got these cute little blue mini braids, this silver eye makeup, dark lipstick, just really rocking this goth warrior princess thing. Number nine, Alexa with the new single, Tattoo. Alexa continues to have this back and forth in her music video universe between AI Alexa and human Alexa. So she has this alter ego robot of sorts, and so some adventures are in the cyborg sci-fi dystopian setting, and others are more realistic fiction. This one is an interesting mix because, although of course for the most part, it's just human Alexa walking through the pier, wearing the cutest punk outfits ever, massive boot envy, lipstick envy, etc. from this video. But she also, at the very, very beginning, and at the very tail end, nods back to that dystopian sci-fi world. You see very quickly images of the apocalyptic setting, a portal closing as she runs toward it, hints that there's more that meets the eye to this video, and to her story in general. It's interesting that the cover art for this single is a cartoon, an animated Alexa, and it has lyrics on that cover art about feelings being stuck like a tattoo. And to me, this whole song, not just is just relatable, representing, hey, I thought I broke up with you, why am I still thinking about you, why can't I move on? But it's also very specifically an Alexa story here, because this metaphor of feelings that won't go away shows that AI Alexa and good Alexa, angel Alexa, human Alexa, human versus devil Alexa, however you want to think about these alter egos, are more closely connected than you think. They can be singing the same song and in a lot of ways be very similar and very different. So human Alexa is singing about just wondering why am I still thinking about him? Why are you stuck on me like a tattoo? And AI Alexa is asking the same question with a very different context. Literally as a robot saying, what are these things called feelings? Why are they stuck to me? 
Same questions asked, different conclusions drawn, different background context fueling their assumptions. So it's an interesting duality here. Number eight, P1 harmony with disharmony find out. Man, this is going to sound so cool live on tour because Do It Like This is just so fun. It's a block party kind of song. A take it to the streets and dance it out vibe of the video as well. That is definitely fit for K-pop dance play that happens outside of venues before the concerts. The whole album is really great for bopping along to, but it also, within the lighter instrumentals and upbeat vibe, has this deeper context. Before the Dawn is about not being afraid, or at least doing stuff despite your fear. Bop is about kind of not taking life too seriously. Follow Me is a song about living in the moment. And my favorite message out of all these, in the bonus track Plus World, which goes along with their Welcome to the World series of teaser clips, that message is reinterpreting your quirks, your flaws, as your superpowers. Rebranding what that is that makes you stand out as your distinct superpower. They're putting a lot of great energy into the world with their music, and I'm here for it. Number seven, Momoland and Nadi Natasha's collaboration, Yummy Yummy Love. This is just such a perfect, perfect 50 50 of Momoland and Nadi Natasha vibes. Because they've got these red and black shorter outfits, they have these mature lyrics, but they also have very cutesy lyrics, cutesy hand gestures, easy to dance along moves. So the Momolian spirit and Nadi Natasha's energy just collide and blend together for just a perfect mixture. You could tell that it's true when they say Nadi was involved every step of the way, and the members have had a lot of their own ideas incorporated into this release. This definitely has the ingredients of a hit song for both artists. And I'm so just excited when a cross-cultural pop collab that could add to global reach of both artists comes out and is not phoned in. Like they actually have a good time together, play off each other's energy well, and it doesn't feel phoned in. It doesn't feel like they're doing it for clout or they're doing it for the sake of their management told them to, so whatever. But they really both seem like they genuinely have enjoyed making this a true collaboration. And that genuineness really does make a difference. Number six, Max Chainman, Devil. His voice truly is one of a kind, very captivating, and I love this new title track so much. The acapella-ish, haunting chorus of whispered voices adds to the interesting theme here of a devil not taking the form of this overt horn-wearing creature in the movies, but a more sinister, hidden force can also be the devil symbolically in your life. So that's what the song has the aura of, a hidden devil, which is scarier than if you know your enemy. It actually is a remake of Alex Runo's song Devil from 2021. And apparently the original version of Devil is what he describes as more powerful. So I guess less of the haunted whisper, but they pulled back the volume to add to the creepiness in a way. And I think that was a smart choice. It really adds to the message here. He did slip in a Quanya reference, which I always like to note. And this release has its lighter moments. The B-side alien is, there is no other word for it. It's for shimmying. It's the perfect shimmy song. Then there's just the lightness he added to thinking about this release with the press conference for it, when bandmate You Know described Max's voice as like a vending machine, where no matter what button you press and what you want, he has it in stock and can provide it at a moment's notice. 
And then Max likened his own voice to, like, a QR code, irreplaceable and distinct. He also said he would love for his music someday to be the soundtrack for a soccer video game, which was kind of a refreshing, unexpected answer. So there are some moments like that where he has made comments that are lighter, but the heavy subject matter is definitely embedded in these songs too. Then again, he's quite playful in Maniac, a video where if you watch it, it is without the sound, without context, it's just a goofy caper, a big theatrical number. And the instrumental lends itself to that assumption too. But if you look at the lyrics, it's basically his way of saying, leave me alone, why are you following me, please go away, stop it. It's basically like if Stand by Eminem was a Broadway number. Number five. Yena with Smiley. She's a former Eyes One member who is such a delight as a soloist too. This music video for Smiley is truly one of the cutest videos I've seen in a long time. And I watch a lot of cute K-pop videos every month. This one is exceptional. Very niche comment I'm about to make, but those of you who grew up loving the show Lazy Town, don't you get Sporticus vibes from this? The way she jumps down to save the day at a moment's notice Definitely something in the air that gave me Sporticus vibes, watching her as this smiley superhero in the video, bringing smiles to sad people around the world. So yeah, lightning strikes, she zaps down and gets a boy a balloon he wanted, cheers up people in a diner, tries to go where smiles are needed. It's a super cute video, could totally picture being the premise of like an animated kids show or something someday. Let's really lean into the superhero role for her. I hope she goes back to this. She even ends up basically passing out in a snowstorm, but then a little boy basically saves the day, just like she helped a little boy get a balloon back earlier. Good karma there. Won't give too much else away, but it's so cute. The whole album is just so cute too, and four out of five of the songs are just very Yena inherently because she wrote them. She wrote before anyone else while crying, reading fan mail, getting sentimental at 3am. That's the kind of person she is. Stories like that behind the songs just show how much she put into this album and how much she is just so likable. Then there's Bibi's role in this as like an evil character. So in the smiley video, she zaps down and basically this is when Yena's character gets stuck in a snowstorm elsewhere. Bibi then controls the diner, controls the mood, brings it down, eyes glow yellow. She's a supernatural force again, like she is in her own music videos. And she just brings a unique bad girl vibe to this. That's an interesting polar opposite to Yena's character. I love her sassy lyrics like, except when I sneer, the corners of my lips are chillin'. Just a funny way of putting it. Number four. Eric Nam, They're In Back Again. I know, it's an all-English release. Not here to debate who still counts as K-pop or not. Not gonna take it too seriously there. First of all, I love the genre of music video he started, where he just wears the most high-end fashion imaginable and just freestyle sways his way through nature. It's like a nature documentary meets a fashion show, like he's going for several television programs at once and nailing every vibe. This album, to me, is a nice departure from his previous releases because it's a semi-departure only. It is different. It's a different vibe, a different feel to his past releases, but the Eric Nam core sound is still there. You could tell these songs are Eric Nam's, even though they are different. He actually recorded this album all in a living room in the USA. Usually he actually makes all of his music here and then goes to South Korea into a soundproof professional recording studio and redoes everything. 
He just scrapped that step this time. As much as that proved you can still make high quality stuff with less resources, but also proving that your music can have this intimate feel to it. There are upsides to a less polished album. Yet at the same time, this album is still well produced. You don't have to sacrifice quality when you make your sound more intimate because your environment demands it. It's also different, you could tell, because it's his first independent album. He's an independent artist now, and you can get that sense from his work too. He's never really filtered himself too much in his music, but this does feel more vulnerable. He continues this dance cry music, dancing while still deep in feels, and I think certain artists do really well what he does, which is distill super complex, deep, layered emotions that you are wrapped up in and confused about as you process a relationship, especially in hindsight. And certain artists do a great job of distilling all those complex, mushy, smashed together feelings into really clean, simplified, easy to understand metaphors like this on Wildfire. Or if not that, they find words that can extrapolate from personal experiences in a way that their songs resonate with everyone, yet still feel inherently personal, and tap into this sense of I can relate to that in individual listeners. And this album definitely carries throughout that sense of we've all been there, and I've personally been there. It's individualized with his story, yet still very relatable. In this dance cry category, in general, makes emotions feel less overwhelming. Not just by simplifying via lyrics what's happening, by summarizing it well, finding words for those messy feelings, but also finding a musical element to discussing it. And Eric Nam does that by, he makes feelings feel less intimidating because behind those deep feelings is a breezy, sway-worthy or dance-worthy instrumental. The vibe is chill and inviting, inviting you to process emotions before it gets deep. It's a great balancing act. It's also a bit different from his past work sonically. One Way Lover to me stands out as different, and Wildfire, of course, where he takes his voice places it usually doesn't go, really octave-wise, next level. It was actually just sitting in a vault that producer Rabbit has for a long time until Eric decided to give it a shot. Last thing I'll say about this, I love Eric's description of it when he talked about any other way being, quote, a cowboy western whistle your goddamn ear off banger, G-A-T-D-A-M. I mean, if you thought the yeehaw trend in music was over, Eric Nam insists it's not. Number three, N hyphen with the album repackage, Dimension Answer. I talked about N hyphen's whole music video universe in N hyphen's dual worlds, so go check out that episode if you need a story refresher, which you should for just better appreciation of their artistry in general, but I will say for this release, it's not really necessary. This is a really good song, a good single to get new fans into this world, without any past understanding of their music video world. This new song, Blessed Cursed, is 70s rock mixed with other influences. They have these concave lens shots, 90s-esque outfits, nostalgia on several levels, sonically and visually. It also seems to be worth noting, though, there's a split-second scene in the video where this fire is set in a school hallway. In future episodes, when we add context and update my N-hyphen theories and timeline, we're gonna have to revisit that detail. It's also great that they ended the video with a teaser for Dark Moon. 
The song really taps into the spirit of the album as a whole, which is themed about questioning authority. Very BTS no era stuff here. Talking about, I was dancing in the marionette square. Don't want to stay because now I realize the truth. Stop, don't tell me what to do. I don't know answers, I just go my own way. Wake up, open your eyes now. This fake blessing. Talking about seeing the riches of the world as not as valuable as they once thought, not as important to them as they once thought. They're figuring out what's important to them in life, counter to what messaging implies should matter to them. Figuring out their individual identities, navigating that in a very catchy way. The repackage also includes a new outro and Polaroid Love, a super adorable song they premiered during a November fan meeting. Number two, Taeyeon from Girls' Generation with her solo pre-album release single, Can't Control Myself. Honestly, I really didn't see this on her video as super exceptional at first. Punk Taeyeon, I like it. Not necessarily my favorite Taeyeon vibe, but she can pull it off. But the release didn't really stand out to me. Until I rewatched the video, and again and again. After several watches, you realize how interesting and thought-provoking and open to interpretation that music video is. First of all, it does keep up a lot of the themes represented throughout the SMCU, the SM Entertainment Universe, that I broke down in the episode Espa and Kwanya 101 and some other past episodes, where you never know, the characters don't know either, when it's a play, when it's an act, when they're putting on a show, when it's a dream within a dream, when it's just a TV show or a movie or a movie within a show or a dream within a dream or a dream within a movie or vice versa, etc. Levels of consciousness here very mixed up. Same here, where Taeyeon is in a play, but then she transitions directly on and off stage throughout the video into just the quote-unquote real world. So it's hard to know when she's literally putting on the act in the play, in which scenes are separate. They're blurring together, which seems extra notable later on in the video, when before Taeyeon would go back on stage in a black wig. So blonde-haired Taeyeon would be separate from black-haired Taeyeon. Towards the end, she seems to reach a breaking point, and blonde Taeyeon comes back on stage. Still blonde, still disheveled looking, not dressed in character. And she starts to scream and literally push away this love, who has just not been there for her. But the audience keeps just cheering and clapping and egging it on because they assume it's part of the act. Even though she's given every indication it's not, the audience is treating this disruption to the performance as just part of the performance. And given the fact this breakdown happens right after a swarm of paparazzi came towards Blonde Taeyeon in the scene right before she goes back on stage, it adds another dimension to unpack with what this story is saying and how Taeyeon is navigating who she really is and how to find that out. So it's a story about herself as much as it is about her relationship in its uncertain future and toxicity. Couple more things about this release. I also want to know, it's super cool that a music video teaser was playing in January as like a 30 second ad in 87 theaters across South Korea. So it's like a movie trailer, which I thought was super cool. And the lyrics are notable here because they tie in some SMCU parallels again. I've noticed lately with Devil by Max Chainman and in this song, more of a trend I've seen in SM Entertainment artists' title tracks lately where they reference their inner child, sing about feeling out of their element, overwhelmed, mature physically, but still not mentally, nurturing or trying to nurture their inner child. 
that repetition in theme among these artists seems noteworthy. Lastly, I love the lyric about how bad days in a relationship keep spinning and going around and round like a loose ring. That loose ring analogy adds another dimension to unpack in this story because it's a great metaphor for a relationship that feels like it's in a toxic loop, but also it could be nodding to like an engagement ring. So that's something to think about as well. Like she's gotten this far in the relationship. That's another interpretation. Drumroll, please. Number one, best new release of January 2022. Woozy from Seventeen with his solo debut, Ruby. This song is frankly hard to know how to describe because it is so both classically woozy and a surprise. I really had no idea what to expect going into first checking out this release, so it's hard to say I was blown away or it exceeded expectations because I didn't have any, but I really was kind of blown away. The woozy touch is clearly all over this release. He adds his fingerprints with his vocal delivery, his cute little giggle at the end, his production style, the layers, the playing with vocal filters, all reminiscent of the way he produces some 17 tracks. But it's also not what I expected from him. More rock-leaning than I thought, more bold, mature than I expected, more attitude, more confidence, rocking these bold suits and performing in the middle of a fashion show in the music video. Plus the fun surprise of he's been a songwriter for 10 years now, yet this is his first all-English song. And of course I have to take a second to shout out some of the lyrics. In past episodes of Seventeen Talk, I've brought up certain symbols that are recurring in Seventeen music, like references to waves, metaphors related to ocean waves, as well as colors in painting. Now Woozy has lyrics in this song that say, Go color me like you, and Ruby Ocean. Just thought those were worth mentioning. And of course the best lyric that I can't say on this episode or I'll get in trouble, but you know what it is about the Coke Zero. So funny. It's funny, too, if you are a carrot and remember the whole Mentos PR moment for Seventeen. From Mentos to Coke, feels like there's some symbolism there about his explosive solo debut. Let's move on to some honorable mentions now. From Miss Nine with Midnight Guest. This new mini-album shows their growth in the actual writing and composing process, and the whole album has this kind of jazzy city pop meets bubblegum pop vibe to it. Most notable probably is Hush Hush, a song that G1 and Soyeon worked on, getting inspiration from the Han River, picturing a city as their playground when it's dawn, bright and early, no one else is around, the world feels like your oyster. That was the mood they turned to for inspiration for that song. As for the DM music video, really a treat to watch. It's interesting how they're rocking these opera gloves, these long gloves that are really taking off as an unexpected TikTok fashion trend these days. Not sure if this was filmed way before that became a thing on TikTok or not, but it's an interesting coincidence. They also rock tuck footwear in this video, which had me freaking out because I just love that brand. Their shoes are so cool. The whole outfits were great and worked well with the environment. Love the ending scene with the white outfits while they're surrounded by colorful paint. So very well done video. And honestly, I really think nothing against the girls, nothing personal, marketing-wise and strategy-wise, I really feel like Fremis 9 was going to disband if it weren't for Hybe acquiring their label and giving them this extra publicity and boost. 
I just feel like it was lacking before. That extra marketing push, that extra exposure that they needed. Again, nothing against the girls working super hard to earn the reputation, but I do think Hybe's amplification was a lifeline. And just time, the time factor. I think From Us 9 has really hit their musical stride since Feel Good and We Go. That route is musically where they've stuck for a while. That's their sweet spot. WJSM Chikome, Super Yuppers. I'll be honest, as much as I do like cutesy, quirky K-pop concepts and know they're not for everyone, I was not sold on this one. But the song was stuck in my head a few days ago, and then I realized, wow, actually I'm adding that to my playlist now. So trust me, if the super, super cutesiness of the music video, you just don't care for that over-the-top, quirky concept, please give the song a chance on its own. It truly is just, at the end of the day, a really well-done, catchy pop song. It doesn't need all the over-the-top antics to be interesting, and some would argue it would be better if they didn't. I do think the video is cute. It shows them basically as superheroes, but I think they really overdo it in a funny way. Like, the crimes they punish people for, they start scolding this dude who's not finishing his food, being wasteful. They target aiming right for the head with their bow and arrow, the guy who vandalized their posters. One guy enters his car, then realizes the girls are in there already to stop him from leaving the lot. They just have very disproportionate reactions to the people behaving badly in this city. I don't think their superhero help is as needed as they are acting like it is. One detail about this that I didn't care for, though, was the pretty overt product placement. I mean, randomly amid these hijinks, they take a moment to enjoy bagelays and visit a giant wall lined with shelves of Pepsi. I mean, could have been a smoother way to incorporate that into the plot here. The Rampage from Exile Tribe, the best subunit if you ask me, with the album Ray of Light. Mixes old and new songs of theirs in a great variety, a great sampling of what they have to offer. Ray of Light is definitely the kind of song that goes on your playlist next to Maverick by The Boys. And next to Card's Bomb Bomb on your playlist needs to be Heatwave. Then there's Stampede, which is still one of their best singles if you ask me. Very original. They have the synth-heavy moon in back, the fast thrill of a song in Top of the Top, the instrumental in Performer's DNA goes beyond off. And then there's All About Tonight, which is almost breaking the fourth wall. Not the best phrase to describe it, but for lack of a better one. With lyrics about I'm a little R&B and you're a little rock and roll, it's kind of a self-aware, cheeky lyric because this group is a little bit of both and then some. And now they're comparing their relationship to that mixture. A few more real quick recommendations. Daichi Mura has a new single called Le Penser. Really dance-ready, dance-routine-ready. All choreographers should check it out. Omega X expand their repertoire on the album Love Me Like, which they helped compose and write. The funky flute on action in the slow drama of Liar are standouts to me. Drippin' also expand their repertoire on the album Villain. Shy is a little Stray Kids song-esque. Sentimental Stray Kids. There are two types of Stray Kids songs. That one's definitely in the sentimental Stray Kids song category. Remember needs a Steve Aoki remix. Very ready for something like that. Needs the video treatment. Needs to be a fan favorite. Blitzers really continue in this cool bass-driven grunge direction with Bobbin. Although they do have the chill forever in my heart too. So they get sentimental, but they do have their edgier moments. And I love the different colored eyes on their promo pictures. 
I think they're working slowly towards this development of a music video universe, this world building. I have one major issue with AB6's new release, that their new single is 123. It just feels like something is a little off. 123 AB6. Anyway, I do love AB6 though, and this new music video is quite charming. The first part is black and white and called Planning a Serenade. The second part is in color and called Getting Ready for the Stage. And then the third part is called Serenade Stage that starts out black and white but transitions into color. It's a really cute mini movie of sorts, and it also switches off not just black and white versus in color, but keeps things interesting by switching between individual and group shots. Individual as in TV theme song-ish, where they each appear in a different split of the screen. As for the rest of the album, Lee Dehui biased people, In For A Treat With In Your Eyes especially, that rock ballad. They also have slower jazzy vibes, so quite a nice mix. Keek50, K-I-K-5-0, is a super underrated female soloist. Her new album is called How to Love, and it has these two really pretty videos that fit her just beautiful, powerful voice. Fall Asleep is my favorite. It's a black and white video. She's got this retro updo and wardrobe. Very old school sound and video aesthetic. But she also, of course, looks and sounds great on the other single and the rest of the tracks, too. Just really, really underrated. Kim Johan struck out on his own with Illusion. Dessert is a groovy disco track that goes with an elaborate visual feast of a video. Star is his fan song on there. And then Selfish is a cool song because it's refreshing. It's a reminder that being selfish sometimes is actually a good thing. You know, practice self-care, look out for yourself, which he ironically actually wrote in between drama filmings because he's been so busy lately. So he squeezed in time to write about the need to not rush around too much and take time for yourself and your interests. Another solo worth mentioning, G-Friends Yuju on her own with Rec, R-E-C. Play is an interesting, unexpected sound from her, with this more mature image, with a lot of symbolism you could read into, with the alternating red and blue settings, with the choreography, there are layers to her storytelling. And this whole premise of her debut album is red lights. The red lights that flash when you hit play on a recording, and the red lights that might flash when you have that feeling in you of crushing on someone, and you spot them for the first time. You could also interpret it to mean red lights like red flags. Lots of room to decide what that overarching album theme means to you. Best vocal delivery is definitely on The Killa, and Cold Winter is definitely the most G-friend of the songs, if you really miss that. Uptension released a new mini-album, Novella, which has quite the range on it, fitting given the title. It's all about telling a story in its different chapters. And each chapter does sound different. Sad ending has kind of an R&B twist. Pandora is a nice fast-paced sound about crushing. A much softer, calm sound in fall. It's got quite a variety. And the music video, like with Pentagon's new video, is worth watching even if you're not into the song. Put it on mute if you want to, but they're in a pretty art museum. Worth looking at anyway. Lastly, I have to mention Got the Beat, the new female supergroup from SM Entertainment, in their debut Step Back. I make this just an honorable mention for two reasons. One is that this release is not my cup of tea. Objectively a good release, subjectively I'm not into this. And two is I feel like I will have much more to say and write about and review from them later down the road. 
Right now, it feels like it was frankly a weird rushed rollout to debut this group. Without a music video ready or anything, no super prolonged period of teaser videos, just images. Not tons of anticipation was built for this anticlimactic debut. So I just hope that changes in the future, and I'll have more to say about them then. But yeah, sorry, this song is not it for me. I find it annoying. I also just prefer some of those artists' different looks, Wendy and Taeyeon especially. I think they master the sweet, angelic outfits and looks more than the darker, edgy, punk stuff. They still rock it, but it's not my favorite. I'm just underwhelmed. Really hoping they get more music. And who knows, you know, with songs like Zimzalabim by Red Velvet and Obsession by XO, they sound so annoying at first, but SM Entertainment has some way to get that earworm stuck in your head after a while, so it might grow on me. As for my favorite English language releases of the month, I have been loving this moment in cyberpunk hyperpop spaces. Charlie XCX finally dropped Beg For You, her collab with Rina Sawayama. Then there's one of my favorite artists of all time, Grimes, with Shinigami Eyes. Blackpink's Jenny is featured in that video. Very cinematic, very sci-fi, cyber warfare type of thing going on. Very Grimes, very weird. I love her weirdness. She really has interesting artistic vision that sticks in your head. The beat to this song is just intoxicating. I have had it on loop since it came out. Also in that synth-heavy realm, The Weeknd is really killing it. Dawn FM is another unique artistic vision brought to life. I really love how he's hit his stride since Starboy, really, with cohesive projects, where each song is part of a bigger concept. And in these concept albums, each track flows so well from song to song that you kind of forget which song you're on. The transitions are just that smooth. So it's like one big audiobook or something. I've been really into synthy, digitized, electronic styles lately. Anita has some pop perfection out. Not in this cyberpunk category of pop, but I just want to throw out there a shout out to her for that because her new song, Boys Don't Cry, is just another piece of pop perfection. Definitely good for Dua Lipa fans who feel the music drought. Alright, that's it for me for today. Thank you guys so much for listening as always. Again, subscribe for the playlist links at howtostand.substack.com, and I will talk to you all again super soon with news of the week, artist-specific discography deep dives I haven't done yet, some Seven Fates episode recaps, and lots more surprises. Thank you guys so much. Bye, everyone.